Whether it be in books, cartoons, or movies, there is almost always some sort of avatar that is being portrayed as the embodiment of evil. Oftentimes, this avatar or personification is not human, but I venture to say that the true manifestation of evil is humanity. If it were not so, we would have nothing to inspire the stories of great evil that we tell. Now, of course, I am not saying that one single human being has practiced all the evil one could do, though it wouldn't surprise me if such a person exists. However, what I am proposing is that mankind collectively has done just about every type of evil conceivable. The history of every ethnicity is contaminated with pain and is bloodstained, not including the principalities of darkness that operate and pull strings within another layer of our world. We are the purest expression of evil that we know of. Now, within some of these stories I've mentioned, there was always another avatar that was the embodiment of good, that served as an equal opposer or adversary to the avatar of evil. An example of this can be found within the cartoon animated series Samurai Jack. The avatar of evil would be the shape-shifting demon Aku, while the avatar of good would be Jack's sword. Some would say that Jack is the avatar of good, but in my opinion, it is the sword that is the embodiment of good. For the sword itself was crafted by the gods and was the symbol of righteousness and was the only thing that could harm and destroy Aku. Another example of this is found within Book 2 of The Legend of Korra, a cartoon series that is a spin-off slash continuation of Avatar The Last Airbender. And in my opinion, it is nowhere near as good as The Last Airbender. But I have digressed. Anyway, within Book 2 of Legend of Korra, a spirit known as Vatu was the spirit of chaos and darkness and is an example of an avatar of evil. Ironically, Vatu even becomes something called a dark avatar within the show, which I'm pretty sure was intentional. The avatar of good in Book 2 of Legend of Korra is the spirit Rava, and she is the spirit of peace and light, whom by merging with the spirit of a human became THE avatar, with the sole purpose of restoring balance to the material and spiritual world. More on that note later. Another example of the avatars of good and evil would be in the legendary franchise Star Wars, as the Jedi's represent the light side, while the Sith's represent the dark side, but I believe that the two previous shows I've mentioned are both better examples than Star Wars. However, I would like to note that George Lucas, the creator of Star Wars, created the concept of the Force to awaken a sense of spirituality in the young audience. He developed the Force as a religion with no denomination, based on the existence of God and ideas circulated around good and evil. Yet again, I digress. It is my belief that life is very much like an equation. And what I mean is that I believe that it is the universal law of nature for the necessity of appropriate functionality. A term I just created. In other words, the universe and everything in it has an exact, set, and proper way to function. And the proper way in which the universe functions is a need. Thus, because necessity of appropriate functionality is law, there is therefore an appropriate counter to every inappropriate function. This is similar to Newton's third law, which states that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. 
To explain the necessity of appropriate functionality in simple terms would be to say that for every question there is an answer, a solution to every problem, a correction for every mistake, a cure for every sickness, an original to every distortion, a repairing to anything broken. That if there are lies, then there is a need for truth. That if there is darkness, then there is a need for light. In short, whatever is right, whatever is correct, better put, or more specifically, whatever is proper is law, because it is necessary. Another summary I would like to give concerning this law is that the necessity of appropriate functionality declares that appropriate functions are not just mere necessities that are never attained or impossible to exist, but rather they are objective realities, for it is impossible to define order without some measure of chaos, and vice versa. Necessity of appropriate functionality will range from the mechanics of the stars to the very behavior of humanity. Humanity does, in fact, have an exact set way to live, a way of life that is centered around wisdom, truth, and love, three beams of light that lead to righteousness. If there was no such thing as objective if there was no such thing as an objective way for living for mankind, then there would be no such thing as broken families, or absent fathers, betrayal, trauma, dysfunctional relationships, murderers, liars, poverty, the list can go on. Pain and suffering make it extremely obvious that there is a certain way in which people are to live life, and that we fail to do so. Okay, backpedaling to tie everything in. In the cartoon show Samurai Jack, the evil shape-shifting demon Aku would be considered the inappropriate counter to the appropriate function of life, since Aku was practically the embodiment of evil being a threat to everything good and true. While the magic sword that Jack wielded was a complete contrast to Aku, being a symbol of righteousness and the only thing that could harm Aku, the sword would be considered the appropriate counter to the inappropriate function of life. Jack had to rely on something outside of himself to defeat Aku. He had to rely on something of objectivity and authority, that being the sword which was forged by the gods themselves. Without the sword, he had no real sense of authority, no way of defeating Aku. Therefore, without the sword, the name Samurai Jack didn't pose the same threat anymore. Not to say that Jack wasn't revered among many, and not that Jack wasn't a good fighter without the sword, but without the sword, Jack couldn't get rid of the root of all evil, a coup. And I promise I'm going somewhere with this. When it comes to book two or season two in The Legend of Korra, Vatu, the spirit of chaos and darkness, is clearly the inappropriate function, while Rava, the spirit of peace and light, is the appropriate counter to the inappropriate function of life. The protagonist of this cartoon series is a girl named Korra, and within the series, she is the reincarnation of a long lineage of supernatural and global mediators known as the Avatar. In, in other words, the Avatar is a human spirit that is merged with the spirit of Rava, Rava, possessing the unique and trademark ability to bend all four elements, air, water, fire, and earth, and being entrusted with the sole mission of bringing balance to the world. However, although Korra was the Avatar, she was still human, and as a result, she was very imperfect. Korra was very immature, rebellious, hot-headed, stubborn, and at one point, she had even lost sight of her true self. With all this in mind, how could Korra ever be qualified to bring balance to a fallen world? How could Korra with such imperfections and uncertainties be entrusted 
with being the bridge between the spirit world and the physical world. Korra is not a god, she is not all-knowing, she is not all-knowing, nor all-powerful, nor did she create the world, so how could she have the answers for the world? Korra was merely a kid, and an immature kid at that, who didn't have it all together. So how in the world could she have a position that was higher than adults? How does it make sense that people would put their trust and faith in Korra? Where does Korra's authority to bring balance to the world come from? Her authority comes from something beyond and outside of herself. Her authority comes from something of objectivity and authority. Korra inherits the right to bring balance to the world because she is one with Rava, the embodiment of light and peace. Sustaining goodness in the world is the sole purpose of Rava's existence, and Rava has been fighting the evil spirit Vatu for thousands of years, far before the far before the conception of the Avatar. All this brings me to my conclusion, that as stated before, that in cartoons, movies, or fictional stories, there is sometimes some sort of character that oftentimes isn't human, that is being portrayed as the embodiment of evil. When it comes to the real world, however, we, humanity, are the purest form of evil that we know of. Pain, suffering, and wrongdoing only proves that there is a higher way of living. Not just a better way of living, but a proper way of living that all people fail to practice. The necessity of appropriate functionality defines the evil behavior of humanity as an inappropriate counter to the appropriate function of life. Now, if it can be observed that the universe and everything in it, including humanity, has an exact, set, and proper way of function, then that means there is order, and order is proof of intention, and intention is proof of intelligence. That intelligence is responsible for the laws that govern the universe, including the laws that govern humanity. This intelligence is the ultimate life form known as the Almighty God. God is beyond and outside of us, and does not fail in the areas of which we are too weak to accomplish. Because Almighty God is the creator of all things, then it would be with God and with God alone that we live life according to the appropriate function.